This is Ashley Hodge with the Sikkim 365 Ring by Spring episode, joined by Kendall Cout. Uh, Kendall, we're going to talk about that wonderful uh, senior day in the Farrell Center. What a way to close down the Farrell Center in conference play, if that's truly our last game uh, in conference. Uh, the Bears, you know, certainly laid an egg on senior day. Uh, pretty sad for Adam Flagler, Flo Thamba, Keontae George, probably their last game in a Baylor uniform. I'm sure there's some others who it's their last game as well, but that's to be determined. But those three seem pretty certain. Um, just a, a pretty tough day offensively, and the defense gave up way too many points in the paint. Uh, what did you see? I know you, you wrote some uh, good post-game comments afterwards. I read those. Uh, but uh, after after you've had 24 hours to mourn and think about it more, what what have you uh, – What's your perspective on that uh, loss to Iowa State on Saturday? Actually, it's been a long 24 hours in many respects, so uh, we'll just enjoy give and takes and see where the world takes any of us. Uh, I think that game showcased why this Baylor team is more of a – could be a three seed. We can talk more about are they going to end up on the two or the three line. But you look back at Baylor's past three seeds, and this is kind of what a three seed does. They have one or two games a year that you're just like, how in the world did this happen? And so I think that's maybe if you have spin zone, you say, hey, just a really bad day for Baylor. For some reason, Tatum Lipsy was able to shut down Baylor's guards really effectively. Iowa State's trapping gave Baylor fits. And then, you know, just nothing seemed to work for the Bears defensively. Offensively, I thought Baylor was too willing to pass up some threes to get a little bit better shot. So I think Baylor needs to be more content to just take the first available good shot. It's one thing to do it against Texas, but didn't do that against Iowa State. And that's still not as bad as Marquette. It's still not as bad as that second half was against Virginia. And it's still not as bad as the second half was in Allen Fieldhouse. But really the second half was against K-State. But you're kind of getting into a problem when we have three examples in the last month. that You're like, this is another really bad game. So, you know, hard to have a lot of positives from that game beyond – a lot of seniors in the team, a lot of really veteran guys who are going to care, uh, but no real spin zone for me. That was one of the most disappointing performances I've seen from Baylor in a while. Um, so, I, I, you know, real tough scene for me. Uh, not really going to be able to go spin zone on that one. Ashley, what's your thoughts now as we get 30 hours later? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't go spin zone either. It's, it was um, frustrating watching it live because it just seemed like from the very beginning we just didn't have the pop. You know, like I, I don't know why – you know, maybe, you know, end of a season. I, I, I think it probably has a lot to do with, in the players' minds, that was more of a meaningless game. Although we know it as fans, uh, that game had a lot of meaning because if you can get to the one line or the two line, it's a whole lot easier to get to the Final Four. Uh, and, and no matter how much coaches tell you that, you know, I think sometimes players maybe think, okay, we're not playing for a conference championship. You know, it's uh, end of an 18-round fight. You know, we've kind of – we're tired. You know, this – we've got to get ready for postseason. Uh, you know, Iowa State's reeling. You know, they're going to come in here. We'll take care of business. I mean, I think that was the mindset, you know, from, from a lot of the players, and, and that's, you know, not encouraging that that was the mindset because Iowa State really brought the fight, and we just didn't show the competitive grit necessary to to win, you know, that – tough battle where you're not shooting well um and, and that's been my concern all along and, and and we'll have pods you know after the season's over about what next year's team needs but you know i i said this on the recruiting thread i think we needed royce o'neill ish wainwright type of player keontae johnson type of player uh to really complement you know the skill that we're going to have 
Uh, but we we need to have like you know someone that's just grittier, more competitive, plays with you know a higher motor all the time. John, I think John will uh, be that next year for sure. And I think there's other guys that you know play hard. Uh, don't get me wrong, uh, but but I just think you know that toughness factor is missing. And uh, unfortunately, that may be an issue that just doesn't get fixed this year. We'll see. You know, I, I hopefully. Uh, the, the coaches are being challenged and, are, you know, the coaches are challenging the team and, and the teammates are challenging each other. And, and we see more of that uh, in postseason. But uh, we've certainly seen some signs that uh, the competitive fire, the grit, you know, is just not there. And, and that may lead to an early exit in tournaments. And and I hope that's not the case. But uh, until I see otherwise, you know, I'm going to probably lean on that on that uh, narrative. I think it's a very fair narrative, Ashley, that the times Baylor's been punched in the mouth this year, they've only really, it felt like, come back when Adam Flagler goes insane from three. And he's done that a lot this year, and that's great for Adam and why I thought that when we've had the, hey, Adam's not a point guard debate, stupid. But there hasn't really been another guy to step up, it feels like, when the games get close. Keontae George had a really good game against uh, Virginia, played some really good games this year, too. LJ's played great games. But just when they get punched in the mouth, they don't punch back super well. And that last month, that's been probably the most disappointing thing, that other than the Texas game. Right. Yeah, that's the one. It just hasn't felt like they've gotten punched and really responded well lately. So, I mean, this is the biggest Big 12 tournament for Baylor. I'm trying. I guess since 2018 when they were on the bubble. So this is the first Big 12 tournament I think in five years where you could really say, "Hey, this is a big deal for Baylor." I I think it is too. I you know I I don't like it at all when people downplay this tournament. You know, I I mean I think. You know, you're going to look at recent history a couple years ago when the Bears won one game, kind of struggled against Kansas State, and then, you know, didn't have their legs against Oklahoma State. And, oh, hey, we regrouped and we got super focused for, uh, you know, the, the, the run to the national championship. But I, I think you play with fire a little bit. Um, you know, I, I I think Crash Davis put this up on, on the uh, – uh, message boards, but like 75% of the national champions made their conference finals in the last 20 years, you know, so, something along those lines. So, I mean, I do think that there, it says a lot, if you can at least get to the championship game, uh, that, you, you know, that you're a legit contender, uh, very few legit contenders take an early exit in, in the conference tournament. Now it does happen. Um, you know, it, we didn't make the championship game, uh, when we won the national championship, but most teams do. And, uh, you know, I do think that showing that you just got totally trucked by Iowa state twice this season, a team that's way less talented than you. I mean, they're tough. They're older. Uh, they play better defense. No question about that, but it's a team you shouldn't get beat by 15 points against. And, you know, um, will we be able to do what Iowa state did to us a couple years ago where we swept them and then they just, you know, rolled us in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, you know, I think it was uh, 2019, the year we, we lost in the round of 32 to Gonzaga. Uh, but that that year, you know, we came into that Big 12 tournament and then Iowa State just, you know, lit us up. And, and hopefully we can do that to them. I mean, I think that on paper we're the better team. And right now, like Ken Palm and Torvik give us the edge. Obviously that's going to be a home court advantage for them, but it's going to be an 1130 game, so it's not going to be – a totally crazy atmosphere like it, it would be at night. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we got to show something. I, I think we got to win that game and I think we got to uh, knock off Kansas, a, a team that's probably not going to have as much motivation uh, to win the tournament as they do in past years. Cause they've got a number one seed locked up. So I, you know, I think if we can 
make the finals and and hopefully win it, you know, I think that would say a lot about our chances to to do some damage, uh, you know, the rest of the way. I think so too. They're going to hear the noise this week about are they tough enough? Can they respond? Is this team reeling? Now it's their chance to go out and prove that they're a tough team that can do all those things. And you know, if not, they can look back at it. And it's it's very tough to be a team that will finish probably the final AP poll somewhere around 10 and feel like, okay, it was this disappointing season. And I don't know uh, how anyone wants to view that. It is a really, really high and unfair bar to say that. Right. But I still feel like there is a lot left on the table with this team. And, you know, they didn't win the Big 12. Now they got a chance to win the Big 12 tournament, and they'll have a chance to make a run in the NCAA tournament. But I think there definitely is a lot of reason, like Kansas, you mentioned, Ashley, that they should feel like they've got a lot left to still achieve, and there's still a lot they can achieve, but they probably haven't lived up to the expectations they had for themselves this year. Right, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that in my, my perspective is it's been a successful regular season. I, I, I would say it will be considered a unsuccessful uh, you know, um, postseason if the Bears take an early exit in the Big 12 tournament, meaning they lose the game against Iowa State, and, uh, you know, they don't make the Sweet 16. If, if, if they don't get to the Sweet 16 and if they take an early exit from the uh, Big 12 tournament, I think that would be considered an unsuccessful season, by, certainly by the program standards. I know the standard they have is, you know, make the Final Four national championship. I mean, that's the standard that's been set, and that's why kids come to Baylor these days. Uh, but, you know, I do think that um, it's hard to do. And, uh, you know, it, I, to me, it's a successful season if you make the Sweet 16. It's, it's a successful season if you make the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament or, you know, the finals would be awesome and, and even winning it. I think Scott Drew, you know, wants to do that. I, I put a post up about Adam Flagler. Uh, I remember interviewing him this past summer, and he told me three things. I, I want to uh, sweep Texas Tech. I want to win the Big 12 tournament, and I want to win the national championship. So he's already accomplished uh, num- goal number one, sweeping Texas Tech. Uh, you know, goal number two would be to win the Big 12 tournament. I think that would be awesome. And then, of course, I, I think it's one of the mo- more wide-open national championships uh, fields that we've had in a long time. You know, I think I watched Houston today, and, you know, they barely beat Memphis. Uh, that was kind of an ugly game, really exciting at the end, but – you know they're they're the strongest team metrics wise, and and I I think they're very beatable. Uh, UCLA is a team that's you know super strong in the metrics, but we've already beaten them. Uh, Alabama, you know, lost A and M, and and I think there's a lot of clouds circling them. And Purdue and Tennessee's it got an injury issue. Connecticut, I mean, their their guards aren't that great. I mean, there's it, there's a lot of flawed teams in in that top you know ten that you could say, man, I mean, we could beat those guys in Houston, yeah, especially in Houston. Uh, where we'll have a lot of fans there, but uh, I mean, it's you got to give yourself the opportunity, and you know, hopefully, get into the two line. You know, that's the thing. If you get to, the, if you win the conference championship, you're definitely at the two line. Maybe the one. Who knows? I mean, you could have some craziness happen uh, the final in the conference tournaments and 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 get to the one line, but probably not. You know, probably a two if you win the tournament, and uh, you just you know put yourself in a lot better position if if that's the situation. Yep, I agree with your seating possibilities there, and. When we talk about it, I mean, if you're seeking greatness, you have disappointing seasons if you don't make the Sweet 16. Uh, that's the standard KU's had. I think Baylor is now at the standard KU basketball is, along with Gonzaga basketball, where, you know, they don't – you can have a year like North Carolina has if you've achieved what Baylor's achieved and what KU's achieved. But it's just not – that's not the standard they set for themselves. It's unfair. You set yourself up to be miserable a lot if you have that standard for yourself. But 
you also set yourself up to win national championships when the standard gets this high. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a prove it time for these guys. And they've, they've done it a lot in this program over the past several years. Hopefully they can do it again. Yeah. And it, it was a crazy Saturday. Like you look at the results and, you know, you can see a lot of teams maybe just saying, okay, let's, let's turn the page and move on to postseason. I thought Texas beating Kansas soundly was very predictable. I said that in the post game, you know, call and show that, they just had nothing to play for. You know, Kansas already won the won – the, you know, it reminded me a lot of the, the game where they came to Waco uh, where Pierre Jackson and Corey Jefferson went off. I mean, that 81-58 game. I mean, the same thing then. You know, they didn't have much to play for because they'd already wrapped up the Big 12 championship, uh, I believe. At least maybe they shared that with Kansas State that year. I don't I don't remember. Yeah, details. that's the share year. Oh, that was the share year. Okay, but I knew they already had a share whether, whether they won that game or not. Um, and then, you know – Texas was motivated, you know, playing on their home court. Um, you know, then TCU gets rocked by Oklahoma, uh, which was interesting because Rothstein told me that with Mike Miles, they're the best team in the nation, the best team in the Big 12. So I thought that was fascinating that they got totally crushed by, by Oklahoma. And then, you know, Texas Tech has to win that game to have any shot of, of the, uh, you know, NCAA tournament. And uh, Oklahoma State, comes in there a team that's been playing the worst basketball of any team in the big 12 and they beat them on their home court you know a place that's impossible to, to win it's what i've been told um and then what was the other result uh, west virginia west virginia protects their home court against kansas state and which was a much needed win for their tournament chances so you know I, I do think that it was it was a saturday where kind of some crazy results happened that you might not think you know on paper would happen and uh i mean this is going to be an interesting tournament i so so if you're going to handicap it you know who do you think who do you see in the finals i mean kansas would be the easy pick and i mean would kansas state be be the one that you think you know that it's going to be a kansas kansas state final it could be uh if i had to guess right now which i guess i, guess I am i wouldn't guess right now i have to guess it's not it's not being forced to guess i'm happy to guess um i will go ku Texas. I think their Baylor beating Texas was good, but what you saw Saturday I thought was good from Texas. I think those guys are going to be real hungry after what they didn't achieve in recent tournaments, even though a lot of those guys are transfer guys. I think there is kind of a, hey, we're playing for Rodney Terry. We want to achieve a lot. A lot of old guys in that roster. So I think Texas is going to have a good Big 12 tournament. And I think Bill Self will motivate his guys, even though the one seat's locked up, as you mentioned, actually. Such a home environment for KU in that building. Though The Iowa State game, if Iowa State beats Baylor for KU, I think would be about a 50 50 yeah. game. You know, I want to take Baylor and say Baylor's going to make a run, but I mean, Baylor hasn't made the finals since 2014. But with what we just saw, I think it's pretty hard to say Baylor's going to write this ship in a week. And I, I just, I, I mean, Ashley, how do you break the curse of you at the Big 12 tournament? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. Um, I, I mean, maybe I just need to not show up to the game. You know, that, that's, that, that's, that might be an option. I'm going to be in Kansas City, but maybe it's, maybe it's time to try just not showing up to the game and watching it at a sports bar or something. I, 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 do, I do have, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've scheduled a few uh, business appointments uh, along the way, so I'm viewing this, you know, more in, in the terms of, uh, oh, yeah, i got to go do some financial-related uh, things, you know, on the way and, and in, in Kansas City. And then, uh, you know, oh, if we win, that's great. You know, I'll stay a couple more days. But if we lose, that's that's the main reason I came. So maybe, maybe it's a mindset thing. Maybe it's because I've shifted my mindset towards, you know, a different, uh, a different view that will end up winning all the games. I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm, I'm gonna pity all the Baylor fans that didn't come when we uh, hoist that championship trophy up Saturday night. That's gonna be fun. 
Yeah, and I got a couple uh, Baylor friends that are coming to town, um, and uh, you know, we'll either I think in a week we will either have a very happy, uplifting podcast about Baylor men in Kansas City having a good time and achieving their dreams, or we will have one that's like life is depressing, and uh, you know, sometimes you feel like there's no value to it, but then you remember that you get back out there and things can be good, um, and we'll talk through it if we have to next week. But we're not we're not thinking like that right now. We're right, not thinking like that right now. The world hasn't gone to heck yet. There's still hope. We've seen Baylor men have good times in Kansas City. Let's make it happen again for uh, for the Bears and for other Baylor men who will be in Kansas City over the next week and possibly longer too. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Uh, did you see the the Big Twelve um, awards that came out today? You know, I did not catch those when a uh, little bit longer night for me. Uh, Ashley, what are the? Yeah. the we talked about that. We talked sports. about that pre uh, podcast. Yeah, yes, it was. Um, all right, so Adam Flagler got first team. Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson was player of the year. Freshman of the year was Keontae George. A newcomer of the year is Keontae Johnson. So we got Adam. We got Jalen Wilson. We got Keontae Johnson. We got Marquise Noel. And we got Marcus Carr on the first team. Second team, we got Keontae George. We got Gabe Kalsher from Iowa State. We got Grady Dick. We got Damian Ball and Mike Miles from TCU. Both of those from TCU. Uh, third team, we got LJ Cryer. We got Kevin McCuller. We got Caleb Boone, Sir Jabari Rice from Texas, and Eric Stevenson from West Virginia. But the big shocker, listen to the all-defensive team. We got Gabe Kalsher, we got Dewan Harris, Kevin McCuller, Marquise Noel. He must have had a lot of steals. I don't think he's a great great defender. Mount no. And uh, Musa Cisse uh, um, is, is the all-defensive team. So, I mean, I know you're probably shocked that there's no Baylor guys on the all-defensive team, but um, any, any glaring holes in those uh, – uh, in those all you know all conference teams, as you hear them, coach of the year was Jerome Tang. Most improved player was uh, KJ Adams. Serge Barry Rice was the uh, six man award. Uh, I think all those are very reasonable. That would certainly be my first team, and I'm glad Adam made the first team. I think in terms of you know guys that made the teams, you can make an argument LJ should have been second team, but maybe the concussion games changed it a little bit, and not having kind of a hey he dropped forty game. Might have hurt his perception, but I think all three Baylor guys were deserving of teams. I'm real happy for Adam. He made the first team, and they didn't get goofy. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't have any quibbles with it. Um, you know, I think that uh, – I mean, you could you can argue that L.J. Cryer was more consistent than Keontae George, especially in Big 12 play, and you, you could reverse those guys. But, you know, Keontae had bigger stats, and, uh, you know, I certainly – don't have much problem with that with that selection you know it's uh no no honorable mention for Jalen Bridges uh I also noticed that um uh Hunter from uh, Texas after such a great season at Iowa State didn't make any of these teams <laughs> at all which is kind of ironic and kind of funny uh the Big 12 all-freshman team was Keontae George Lipsy from Iowa State Grady Dick uh, Milo Suzan and Pop Isaacs from Texas Tech. And uh, the teams that didn't have anybody on the first, second, and third teams, Texas Tech did not have anybody. They did have O'Banner and, da and Davion Harmon as honorable mentions. And then nobody from Oklahoma either. Uh, Jalen Hill was an honorable mention. And, and Grant Shearfield was an honorable mention. Uh, so to the victors go the spoils, you know, not, not a surprise. Uh, mainly guys that were finished in the top half of the conference were, were dominating those teams, and, and that's you know pretty much how it should be. Winning should be rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. And then certainly, I didn't know if you wanted to talk. I 
I don't know that we need to talk about the situation as much beyond just saying with Mark Adams, I would guess he's getting fired. Yeah. Uh, that feels like a suspension with the intent to terminate kind of move. Right. I can't really remember somebody getting suspended for an accusation like that. You know, I, I have not studied it a lot. Again, kind of a unique day for me. Uh, you know, maybe someday we'll be able to share on the pod. Maybe someday we won't. <laughs> uh, but with all of that, uh, that felt like a, hey, they're looking to fire him. And there have been rumblings even before this happened. Again, that's not me commenting on what he said because I still would like to see more reporting. I'd like to see what the investigation says before commenting on that. Uh, concerned about just kind of your stupidity, if you'd frame it that way. Uh, when you are a guy that, if you're a guy you know the school might be looking to fire, you really got to make sure you give them no reason to get get you. And I think Tech was certainly looking for a reason. It sounded like to get Mark Adams. That'd been the rumor all season for a bunch of different quarters in the media circles. That'd been the rumor all year. And so, you know, I think the Mark Adams era is going to end at Texas Tech. Yeah, I think so also. Um, you know, I do think that I heard from a Texas Tech source that uh, the player that he had that conversation with and you can read the details on, you know, certain do a social media search for Mark Adams and find all the details about what the converse, you know, the conversation that took place, some kind of master slave dynamic and, and biblical references, just, just totally bizarre, you know, that, that he would, you know, use those kind of references and talking to one of his players. But, um, I, I was told that the player wasn't that offended, whether that's true or not, who knows, but, but that some Texas tech big donors, uh, had had an opportunity to talk to the player and then uh, said, well, you know, that's super offensive. <laughs> you need to like go, go public with that. And so, I mean, I could totally see that, you know, I think, I think like you said, if, if you're, if you're a target and the donors want you out and maybe even the AD wants you out and they've got somebody else in mind and then you do so, and you say things like that, that's not smart. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's unfortunate if, if he was, you know, if they if they were you know kind of setting him up in a way, but it you know certainly he gave him uh, some ammunition uh, with with you know how that went down and uh, how it's being reported. Who knows what the truth is? But but yeah, so they you know they're I guess you know they'll have an assistant coach uh, coaching them in the tournament, and you know that could always go a couple different ways. Just like Iowa State was a better team without Caleb Grill. You know they played way more spirited and 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 hard-nosed than they did when he was on the team and you know I mean it could be you know let's let's rally and let's try to you know win this win this big 12 tournament and you know make the NCAAs because obviously they have no shot at the NCAAs without winning out uh Oklahoma they probably have to also have to win out wouldn't you say yeah it feels like 2009 Baylor for Oklahoma where even a magical run wouldn't be enough you got to win it yeah, they got some great wins. I mean, obviously, crushing what John Rothstein said was the most dangerous and best team in the the Big Twelve with uh, Mike Miles. Um, you know, is is a good win, and then they they you know of course have that huge blowout win over Alabama as well. Uh, but you know, you play thirty one games, you only win fifteen. It's going to be hard to justify putting you in the tournament. I, I do think eight teams are in, right? West Virginia and Oklahoma State have punched their ticket at this point. Wouldn't you agree with that? I think West Virginia's in for sure. I think Oklahoma State's at real risk because I think the committee will look at how much worse they've played without Avery Anderson, mm. and I think that will hold them back. Uh, some of the bracket matrix and Lenardi don't have them in right now. Ooh. And so I, I, if I had to guess right now, actually, I don't think Oklahoma State's going to make it. So they got to beat Oklahoma. I, I mean, if they beat Oklahoma, 
that then they, you know, are 18 and 14. You think they got to win two games? You, you think you think they got to win two games to get it to be secure? I think they probably do because that non-con just wasn't great. And now they're like Ken Palm and other uh, metrics aren't looking quite as good either. And then the Avery Anderson thing. I don't think they're getting a lot of respect from the committee. Um, and then you, we're also at that weird time where there'll be three or four bit thieves. And so maybe not three or four, but there'll be at least a couple bit thieves. And so then you're pushing them down even more, which is why I'm like, I think North Carolina has to win the ACC tournament to make it. I think Oklahoma state needs to get two wins in Kansas city to feel decent about making it. Yeah. And then if, uh, and, and if they win, uh, you know, so, so the second game would be against Texas because they're, uh, that's a seven ten game, right? Oklahoma state's a seven and, uh, Oklahoma's the 10, I believe. And then, and then the West Virginia, Texas tech game is eight, nine. So they, they get the Kansas, uh, West Virginia, I think is a team, actually both those teams are teams that I think could give Kansas some trouble. Uh, and they have at Allen Fieldhouse recently. Uh, but, uh, that'll be an interesting matchup, uh, on Thursday, whoever the winner of that game is. Are you, are you going to all those games Wednesday night? Uh, I'm not going to go Wednesday night. I don't think Ashley. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, I'll certainly be at the Baylor game. We've got right. locker room access after, so that'll be great. And, but if Baylor loses, uh, we'll see how much of the Big 12 tournament I want to cover because <laughs> I'm sure at the site there won't be kind of a huge clamoring no. for. Oh, man, did you get some quotes from, from Jalen Wilson that everybody else got? Right, right, uh, right. So we'll see. Hopefully Baylor keeps winning, though. I'm I'm sticking around, and we've got an opportunity. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, it's uh, it's an interesting time of year. It's the best time of year. Obviously, we feel a little bit uh, down after that blowout loss on our home court uh, on Saturday against Iowa State, a team that was reeling. I, I, I thought that game was going to give us trouble. I really did. I, I had a bad feeling going to that game, and I, I thought we would pull it out at the end. And, and we certainly looked like we were going to. Like when it was 36-32, we made the 10-0 run. The place was electric. And then Iowa State responds with a 10-0 run of their own. I mean, it, it was just you know one of those days where – we didn't really have the energy on the offensive glass. I, I think we only got like 23% of our offensive rebounds. I mean, you know, when, when you're not shooting well and, and you're missing threes and you only get, you know, 23% of your offensive rebounds, then, then you know it's probably not going to be your day. And uh, that, that's an area that's just kind of 21%, 20, 20, 22% to be exact. Uh, you know, we, we got eight offensive rebounds off of – uh, let me add this up real quick. 16 and 18. 34 misses. So only eight offensive rebounds on 34 misses. Not not our normal percentage that we've been so accustomed to in past years. Uh, you know, I, that, I mean, John gives gives us some energy on the glass. Jalen Bridges does. But, I mean, Flo Thamba, you know, he plays 19 minutes and he gets two rebounds. That's not, you know – it's just not active enough. I mean, we, we got to see him, you know, uh, really doing some good things on the glass, and we haven't, you know, in, in certain games. And then Caleb Loner has eight minutes, only one rebound. So, you know, those are the guys that have to bring it. And, uh, unfortunately, we just didn't get that kind of effort and energy on a Saturday. For sure. And I think Flo has to bring it. Final game's the Baylor uniform. And we'll see if Caleb Loner is in the rotation right. uh, these next two weeks. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they split John and uh, Flo's minutes. I mean, John didn't have a great game on a Saturday, but he does give a, he he just brings a different energy when he's in the game. And you know, I mean, seven rebounds and eighteen minutes versus uh, two rebounds for Flo. I mean, that's a pretty glaring difference. But John did have the three turnovers, and one of them was really bad, where he just like 
you know, threw out a la- lazy pass uh, that got intercepted on the perimeter and led to a layup uh, for Iowa State. So, you know, we, we, we got to clean some things up. And uh, I, I do have faith that th- these coaches are going to really motivate these guys well. And these guys are going to show us a lot better energy on Thursday. And hopefully we get a win and can get on a little bit of run in the Big 12 tournament. And then we'll, you know, have the excitement of next week and uh, where we're going, you know, to be sent. Uh, for those of you listening to this podcast, we are going to have a – March Madness uh, reveal party with the team at George's, uh, the banquet hall on Sunday, uh, selection Sunday from 4.30 to 6.30. We'll be watching the the March Madness show live. Uh, We'll have opportunities to talk to and interview some of the uh, players, you know, and get their reactions of where we're being sent, where, you know, what, what bracket we're in. And then of course, you know, Kendall and I will have all kinds of breakdowns on uh, the tournament ahead and and, uh, what Baylor's path to Houston will look like. Uh, but for now, let's let's focus on the Big 12 tournament. Iowa State's up next, and you can't go. Uh, what is it? Uh, 31 and nine until you go 23 and nine. So let's beat the Cyclones, and then let's uh, take one game at a time. But but rumor has it, it is a lot easier to win nine in a row than it is to win 12 in a row. So <laughs> let's uh, let's get this winning uh, streak started Thursday with a big win over Iowa State. Heck yeah! All right, sick of Bears.